Hello and welcome to the 551 podcast. We are rested off uh, from a, a week off. I'm Wes Berdine. Uh, I'm I'm back, just back from uh, beautiful Los Angeles where it was 75 degrees. You could be outside. And I'm with uh, two uh, fantastic human beings who were in the cold the whole time. Uh, Eric Silverbrenneman, uh, it's fantastic to see you. Likewise. Um, uh, you're, you're doing you're doing okay. You've got a smile on your face. I'm good. Now. I yeah. want to be in the 75 of LA weather. Yeah, yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't we all? Um, and uh, um, Rodrigo Sanchez Chavaria, you are here as well. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Um, you are in a particularly sunny mood because you, my Peruvian friend, <laughs> have something to celebrate. Cloud nine. So took 36 years. I was four years old, but yeah. yes, we have something to celebrate. And, and to celebrate, this right here, ladies and gentlemen, is, uh, hold on, listen. Oh yeah, here we go. Okay, here we go. Um, hold on. It's not a Guinness. This is no Men in Blazers. <laughs> this is uh, Inca Cola. Oh yeah. The Golden Cola, the Golden Carbonated Beverage. Um, we, you've you've told me about this on the show mm-hmm. before, but t- give give our our listeners what 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 am I drinking here? Well, the best description that I've had people say it's like a mix of a cream soda with pineapple bubble gum. To me, it tastes yeah, like bubble it's like gum. a little bit of, but it's <laughs> got that that flavor that's really good and just yeah, cream soda pineapple bubble gum is pretty much <laughs> pretty much it. So it um, goes well with um, other um, type of liquor. Uh, people mix it in usually with other, but it's it's really, it hits the spot. I grew up drinking that. Um, there's a lot of history with Inca Cola. At one point, uh, you know, the conglomerate Coca-Cola spent tons and tons of money advertising, trying to become Peru's number one um, soda. But Inca Cola always kept on being the number one. So eventually, what does one do when a conglomerate can't get its way? Yeah. They buy them out. So yeah, that's what that's they did. I was going to say, who's, who's doing Yep, Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola company. bought them out, well, but still, you know, I think these are these are produced somewhere in New Jersey. So. Where Where is the, uh, you said you went to the, the like. Oh, yeah. So a big so shout out. There's a, over here, if you live in St. Paul, uh, I think it's 461 um, University Avenue. It's between Western and I think McCubbin. Okay. There's this green uh, section of a building with a parking lot. It's called Mi Linda Tierra. And that's where you can get a lot of Peruvian products. And a lot, the owners are from Peru, from I believe Ayacucho, Cusco, no, Cusco and sections of uh, northern Ayacucho. Huancayo, uh, and um, I happened to stop by there today because today's my brother's birthday. So he wanted some Inca Cola, and we were there, and I was there, and I brought some um, other Peruvian products that my kids enjoy. And we had a conversation about, you know, um, La Blanquiroja and uh, how it's been 36 years since yeah. they've been in a World Cup. So it was a really interesting conversation coming from a different generation, and then talking to me, and then talking about how. His his kids um, have um, have feelings about 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 this and how they've never been had, and so we talked a lot of different. His kids aspects. are probably how old? Or- um, I think some of the some of the ones that were not were born in Peru like have a much better understanding and attachment to the passion of of football. Yeah. Um, the ones that have been born here, there's that disconnect, in yeah. a sense. Um, but like, um, there's just some 
we had some really good conversations because my kids are all born here, but they were yelling and screaming at the TV when we were watching the New Zealand games because they understood the importance right. and and they understood you know they've seen me go crazy. Yeah. Though though in this time, again, my father was watching the game in a separate room than I was. <laughs> well, we'll consistent, <laughs> but we'll get to that later. But um, uh, finally, uh, on the point, what what kind of alcohol am I putting in in Coca Cola if I want to? Is this? Is you know, I think we should. I think we should. Uh, I think we should put that uh, out to some more our Peruvian Twitter followers okay. that you have. Right. It might be there some suggestions. But uh, I've heard from whiskey usually to oh, okay. to other other types. Uh, but it's just a good mixture drink. So yeah. Um. So thank you guys for both uh, being on this uh, on this show. Uh, we are going to talk. We are obviously going to talk about World Cup. Uh, the the qualifications over. Uh, you know, big stories are. The only stories that matter. Peru is out. Italy. <laughs> Peru's in. Italy's out. Uh, Don't do Denmark, that to this guy. <laughs> Denmark and Denmark's in. That's all I care about. So um, Denmark. And then uh, we are. We've got uh, some Minnesota United stuff. We've got just actually like a weird like um, cornucopia of random news because we knew there wasn't a ton of Minnesota United news. So let's like pick up on all this weird stuff that's been happening. Uh, so stay tuned. Let's do big quarters. We'll come back and then it's just. Crap load of news time. Welcome back to the 551 Podcast. I'm Wes. I'm here with uh, Rodrigo and Eric. And um, we are, we're going to start with, uh, it's kind of, we have uh, kind of the good, the bad, and the weird collection of news, but it's, there's like a lot of these little pieces. So the, the good, uh, one of the good stories, uh, Rodrigo, you brought this to my attention, uh, the Liga MX Femenil uh, final is going on right now. Yeah, so, so tell me, tell me about this because it was like I knew nothing about even the women's so league there. It's been in talks since I believe a couple of years now, at least at least ten years in the making. Uh, and finally, this this year, um, there was backing from the Liga MX team to have a uh, a Liga MX backed uh, women's 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 uh, league. And so there's a lot of the uh, Liga MX teams that have um, teams that are playing um, in this in this tournament. So I think the ones that are they're made to the finals. It was uh, Pachuca and Chivas, and so they're playing the first leg tonight and the next one on the twenty fifth. Um, and the most interesting thing, and the reason we knew about this is because my father in law um, called my wife and said, "You know, they're playing the quarterfinals of this Liga MX game." Um, you should really watch it because you know the play is actually pretty well. But they mm. play pretty well; it's a pretty decent play. So we started watching it, and we picked up on a lot of different things. And it's very competitive, and you see a lot some of the familiar faces that have played uh, um, internationally, and some who are play for the um, for the Mexican national team. The interesting story about this, though, it this league, at least this first section of the league, this first run, this first run of the league is is mainly focus on native-born players only. Hmm. So, for example, players who are of Mexican-American heritage, who have been born in the United States, but play um, play for the national team of Mexico, can't play in this league. Yeah, that's crazy to me. Yeah, and that, that's that, and there's there's has been a big opposition towards that. Um, and that's being the biggest controversy and. Um, um, and I don't know if um, what 
what the if there will be changes towards that for next season, or because this is such a brand new league, they're they're talking about is there going to be a draft? How will the draft be taken? You know, mm-hmm. just all these, all these things. So it's it's good to know that there's actually now another league that um, kind of counters that and the women's league here in the United States. So um, and so it'd be interesting to see where that develops into, but. At least from what I've seen, it's been a really good play, um, especially coming from Chivas. Um, and Pachuca is good as well too. And so, so. this is literally the this is the first season that's yep, ending. Yep, this right is now. literally the first inaugural yeah. season. So we're recording as the finals going on. Mm-hmm. I, I just checked too; it's nil nil in the first half. So mm-hmm. keep we'll keep updating you as we <laughs> check this. But um, you know, along those, we've got like uh, a, a few. Uh, Women's soccer stories to kick off the kick off the show. The the this is good and bad. It starts out with bad and then goes to good, I guess. But FC Kansas City, which is not associated with Sporting Kansas City, last year it was bought by a Minnesota guy actually, um, uh, and kind of run. And they they were like, no, we want to keep it there, but. The guy had no real interest in soccer, so it was very weird at the time when it happened. You know, not surprisingly, a year later, uh, the team uh, is is kind of bizarrely. It wasn't the franchise wasn't sent to Salt Lake. It was sold back to the league, and then the league sold the team to uh, Real Salt Lake. And so, Real Salt Lake and MLS team are going to be associated with the. Um, the women's team there, uh, and, and all the players, including Cat, uh, shoot, shoot, the Minnesotan Cat Parkhurst or Parkhill. I'm sorry, um, I'm blanking on it. Um, she's from Minnesota, uh, goalkeeper there, and she, you know, all the contracts are going to be honored supposedly there, but all the staff were laid off. Hmm. It's just like a, it's a very weird thing. I, I'm kind of. For the bad part is I'm really bummed Sporting Kansas City didn't step up and try to take them on. And maybe they did in something crazy. But Real Salt Lake is one of the, you know, is one of the smallest teams in MLS. And they're finding a way to do this. They already have uh, a USL team that plays out of their stadium that they, you know, they get 1,500 people to. And now they're going to do a women's uh, team so good for them. That's a great story. We still don't know much about it because it's all that news is breaking now. Yeah, and I think it's also good to point out that this is something that, at least personally, I hope that that continues. Where like MLS franchises um, back a a women's team to be in the league because that believe that expands more of the um, the division of 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 soccer and the development of soccer um not only at you know not only starting with the academy teams at the youth level but also expanding as it goes on the more it can be involved with the more backing it is financially the better in the long run it will be so so it's good to be able to see that uh real salt lake is is the fourth mls franchise to include a women's pro club so i think the other ones are um the timbers orlando city and I think the Houston Dynamo, yeah. It's so. too bad with all the Minnesota connections that just wasn't in the timing, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I really don't blame Minnesota for not really talking about doing a women's team at this point. They've got, they, you know, need to get. Hopefully, once that stadium opens, that conversation will happen. But right. I, I don't blame them for not talking about it now. 
Uh, it's, um, it's too early in the process for them and, to be able to do that, I think. And, so. you know, the thing about the MLS partnerships is that they're not really, especially when I saw some stats about the Houston Dash, mm-hmm. of the Dynamos team, uh, women's team, they don't really overlap in season ticket holders. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a very different crowd that is going to the Dash games. And it is not, um, you know, the season ticket holders there are, 30, 40-year-old um, couples with no kids, right? It's not dads taking their daughters to games, mm-hmm. which is like... And that certainly there's a lot of that going on, but that's like the stereotype, right? You know, mm-hmm. um, I think that the great part about MLS partnership is it allows you to, to share a lot of staff, ticket sales and things like that in particular. Yep. Um, the cost of an MLS of a NWSL team in terms of the, the budget we've talked about on the show, the salary of the women is so freaking tiny. Uh, sadly, uh, so sadly it makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, it's not going to, you're not making a huge amount of money and it doesn't have the, uh, uh, the MLS, uh, price of the team that's going to continually expand, but it's still to me, Man, I, I I agree with you. I'd, I'd like to see that happen a lot more. Um, a couple of uh, um, you have these in the the good category. Where well, I just have them up, in a category. In a category, <laughs> but, but um, the uh, the the story about Concacaf is going to be doing a League of Nations tournament. Um, this is a weird thing. You haven't heard about this at all, Eric, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so uh, Europe started doing is going to start doing this, and it's basically they've got three tiers divisions of their nations and there will be promotion and relegation between them um and uh same it sounds like same thing will happen in CONCACAF where you've got three divisions of uh teams and you can get promoted between them and that this will serve as for the Caribbean nations for the smaller nations this will serve as their how they qualify for uh the gold cup um and the reason they're doing it is that friendlies are stupid and they want to get rid of friendlies. So Europe got started this, uh, this league, uh, you know, national team league as a way to have, uh, important, uh, matches that are happening that aren't qualifiers and things like that. Um, and they were there for, for Europe, I forget what they get for for winning each tier or something. Is it generally for the, like the non powerhouse teams then, or I mean, is that how they're doing it in Europe? Everyone's as well? doing it. Everybody's doing everyone's. It. So basically, European teams are not going to be playing friendlies anymore, and so other other regions now are like, okay, well, we're not going to be playing friendlies, so we need to find some other way to kind of organize things and and make them competitive. You know, if, if the U.S. is playing St. Kitts. We need some reason to make it competitive, even though no one will give a damn. Right. It's a weird. It's a very weird thing. Yeah, this, I is, still, this isn't a Colmebol thing, is it? I don't have anything about that. No, I, no. I think I think I think Colmebol has its own different issues, but the, the Colmebol has enough teams to be able to, and a competitive level is, right. is different. I think this is a a an opportunity to a, to create revenue for for a smaller market team, yeah. uh, but also I think it's also an opportunity to. Uh, showcase talent specifically for um you know like the mls type leagues or mm. any other leagues that are there and then i might be able to 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 showcase some of the talent and then give the 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 uh you know the teams that need development through these through these group through these uh 
tiers just to be able to to play and the the better you know the more the more competitive games you have the better you'll 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 be able to have your players to have experience hence uh when Jamaica played the 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 Copa America, of course, they never won a game. But then the next, yeah. they kept that same core that went to the Gold Cup that ended up winning the Gold Cup. Yeah. So it's, well, it's 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 that kind of like competition and experience, and I think that's what they that's might be one of the aspirations to it. Uh, um, but I also see as like, what are you gonna do when uh, Cuba plays Cuba, or Puerto Rico are playing? I don't know yeah. Mexico or the United States. What do you do? You send you you twenty? You send your yeah. And but you, what's you, also crazy is you the U.S. like. Teams like the U.S., like Mexico, you know, who are the top of, well, not U.S. anymore. <laughs> we used to be at one point before we were shit. Uh, I mean, getting, being able to play uh, France in a friendly or mm-hmm. uh, Spain or or even, you know, Brazil, you know, smaller teams, teams like that. <laughs> uh, no, but being Much able to do teams, these, like, you, you know, know, intercontinental friendlies, there's not a lot to them, but you get to you get to play against different types of players. You get to play against, you know, if, if the U.S. is always playing CONCACAF teams, right, they're not getting better. No. They're getting better at playing CONCACAF teams, which maybe obviously they need to get better at doing. But I, I'm not, I don't know. And I'm, I'm sure it won't, there won't be no, there won't be whatever. There will still be some uh, intercontinental friendlies. But. I, I think there will be a small number. I think the number will be reduced. But I think what that does too as well, it might be open the opportunities or at least have the Mexicos, the Jamaicas, the United States, the Costa Ricas, um, you know, take more seriously the invitations to the Copa America. Yeah. They have yeah. Been, which they that. haven't been, you know, they haven't been able to take it full advantage of it. They're always selling a different squad team. And yeah. I think... Um, that might just be a better ch- better chance of them using that pool of talent that want to get that kind of um, experience out there. So Yeah, there's always a certain incentive, I suppose, that comes when you attach a, a pro-rel situation. <laughs> Not that I know anything about that right yeah. now. I'm going to be cheering for Cuba and Puerto Rico. That's all I know. I, yeah, <laughs> let's actually too. I, I didn't put this in the notes, but... Uh, let's get your bad out of the way. Yeah, Goyas, yeah, this, this the is second bad. division Brazilian team that is your uh, your uh, your heritage or I your know. your I would say birthright, but it's a bad thing. So it's, whatever the curse is, yeah. how are they doing? You know they're 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 in a relegation battle, and it's not just a relegation battle from A to B. We're talking B to C, which I think for the three decades I've been a supporter of the team has never happened. So it's kind of it's kind of dire, man. And I mentioned it on on past pods too that you know they've they've gone through three coaches this year, and at one point they actually kind of stabilized, maybe between the last time I was on and now. But but then they they fell hard again, and so so yeah, there's one match left um, this weekend, this coming weekend, and it, it's it's that whole probability game right now. They're right above the line. If they win or tie, they're safe. Basically, right. win or tie, they're in. If they lose, then it's like depends on the one below him. Depends on the the first team that's in relegation, and then it's all depends on how the Costa four. Rica match goes. And then it's, <laughs> that's to, right. Oh, so, so it's ugly. So you're screwed. So, man, yeah. I, I just want to I want to give. I don't know if there's any the crow fans out there, but like when he like he gives all his pain to the to the villain at the end. He's like, you can have it all. Have my pain. I want to give all the pain to all the United States soccer fans so they can feel what pro-rel is all about. 
take my pain. Well, thanks. Thank you for all that pain. <laughs> um, the the speaking of pain, the last note in this uh, this little bit is uh, um, the U.S. There's also talk like after uh, like last week or two weeks ago, people were making jokes about uh, creating a an alternative tournament that the U.S. would create with where they would play Italy, who are out of the World Cup. Uh, Netherlands. Who else is out? There's some Chile. There's some big, big uh, nations not in there. Um, and uh, and then then it turns Holland. out that the yeah that the the U.S. is actually maybe going to create this a pre World Cup. They'll do this. That's amazing. You know, rather than doing all being like fodder for uh, for you know playing against uh, uh, other other teams as they prepare for the World Cup, we'll, we'll be fodder for one another. And so, um, yeah, it's... Uh, the Alternative Facts World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> that should be interesting. I mean, I, I, mean, I mean, that's just a, a revenue opportunity, right? I mean, that's what it really is, right? You yeah. Know? I mean, I, w- I, d- I wouldn't go to it anyway. If they were playing, no matter what... I mean, you'll watch it when it's on ESPN or I will on Fox Sports. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, don't, I barely watch U.S. friendlies as it is. Like, it... it you know, unless I watched, I watched most of the. Um, Do you watch the Portugal the game? One, the Portugal okay, game, right. yeah. But I mean, most of the time, I just don't care. It's just a, it's a friendly. Unless there's something to, to play it. for, right? Yeah, yeah, or even that, like if there's some sort of like this time it was, oh, get to see all the young kids play. I just don't care. How was? How, what were your thoughts on the young kids playing? Um, I thought. Uh, I thought, man, wouldn't it be nice to see Christian Ramirez in there instead of CJ Sapon? <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad ridiculous. I'm not the only one that felt that way as well, too. Yeah. No, I mean, I was happy that they called up the younger crowd. Yeah. So the Jesse Gonzalez is the mm-hmm. that was that was a good that was a good call up and the experience. I just uh, Weston McKinney. Yeah, he's the one who he's scored the goal, mm-hmm. so he caught a lot of eye. But he, you know, then he's mm-hmm. now up there with Pulisic, where He's the guy who, when Bundesliga is playing soccer Twitter, is watching that and talking right, about Weston right, McKinney right. and Pulisic. And um, uh, Jesse Gonzalez plays for Monterey, or uh, doesn't he play oh, no, for Jesse like Gonzalez? FCS, sorry, yeah. is the the goalkeeper. Who yes, is, uh-huh. who is the Gonzalez who plays in Liga MX and he's the holding midfielder? He did not get called up. No, he didn't shoot. Um, I'm totally blanking on it. Um, He's yeah. He's another young holding midfielder who plays in Liga MX. Um, he did not get called up because they are you know they have some important games going on in Liga MX. He's playing on Thanksgiving evening. I saw some sort of tweet that's been mm. saying they're playing. So, so uh, that's, that's what we're doing. Watching that instead of you know Detroit Lions versus Vikings. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna watch. I'll be game for that. I'm I'd watch, be up for it as well. <laughs> I haven't watched a football game in over a decade. Yeah, so. it's been a long time. So not, yeah, not that you, long. <laughs> let's figure out where we can where we can all watch. Uh, um, I believe it's Monterey. During the break, I'll go look at look Probably at Pancho Villa. Who, who I'm trying to talk about somewhere around here. Um, let's. Uh, we've got a, a lot more news coming up. Mostly the bads and the weird. So uh, let's take a break. We'll come back and uh, and there's just more stuff to talk about. <laughs> Back on the Fifty Five One podcast, uh, my name is Wes. I'm with uh, Rodrigo and Eric. Um, let's let's do bad news. 
Continuing. <laughs> yeah, continuing. <laughs> Part two. Uh, Columbus Crew News. Um, more and more, there was a, a, com- a meeting between uh, representatives of the city and Precourt and his goons. Things are not looking very good. Uh, it looks like MLS is going to let him do this. and God, It's so a very terrible. weird thing. So I'll, I'll go to this question from Tom Sandhurst, and that'll help maybe direct us. Why would Garber and, uh, and or MLS owners support Columbus moving to Austin? The, big, the league is bigger than one club. Makes me not want to buy MLS Live next year to boycott how I can. NFL isn't doing great with re- relocation of Rams, Chargers, and Raiders. Uh, see, this seems like a disaster in the making. And then he wants to know, what's the process for moving a club? Do all vo- owners have a vote? Or is Garber to the MLS what Trump is to the DOJ? Um, well, actually, <laughs> thank God Trump is not to the DOJ. <laughs> Uh, he, there's separation there. Um, so let me answer the last question, the logistical stuff thing. And then we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about this, but, um, from my knowledge of the logistics, uh, so Garber is, um, does the bidding of owners, right? Garber does not make decisions. So Garber ends up purposely taking on this role to be the, the bad guy so that everyone else can look good. He, he like intentionally does that. So he's not making any decisions here. He's only representing the will of the owners. So the owners have in some form, and this is the part I'm not exactly sure about, in some form they have a vote. Um, Why they will support this, it is mind-boggling to me. um, Because why would Bill McGuire, who just, just paid $100 million for an expansion fee, now we're seeing a guy who basically paid $68 million to get an Austin expansion fee. And he's pissing everyone off to boot, you know, uh, but I don't know. I don't, I have no idea what Bill McGuire and Minnesota United think about this. Uh, I've, I know that they read my piece and they know what I think about it. But, um, <laughs> uh, so why, but why? Yeah. I mean, some let's, of them, let's retweet that. Some hey, of them don't care. Um, uh, for, you know, for others, it's like, they only care about, and this is, I'm pulling, someone made this point to me, it's all about what league sponsors can be brought into the to, to the uh, league. You know, um, are you bringing, you know, right now the, the shirt sponsorships, the other stuff that's going on, um, that's coming from uh, Columbus isn't that great. Minnesota, they wanted a team in Minnesota because, you know, Target did not come to MLS because of Minnesota United. MLS wanted Minnesota in part for to things target, like Target and you know and uh, Best Buy isn't what it used to be but Best Buy you know places like yeah. that it you you just you get that proximity to yeah. people um, I actually noticed scarves in a Target for the first time uh, last week at oh the really yep. yeah They're and so and, and so Austin the funny part is like what does Austin get you I mean I love Austin but I can't name a single big company there. The University of Texas, that's it. Yeah. I mean, there's there's interesting companies there, but I can't I can't think of a single one headquartered there. And someone will tweet tweet at me like, but it's um, probably just the market value. Yeah, Texas market value is different than a 
And a Columbus, Texas. Yeah. So the, so the range of that, I mean. Three teams, though? Yeah, that's like, I, I, that's the one thing that drives me crazy. There's like, what, three? This would be the third team in Texas, right? Yeah, but Texas is so big. It's like when people complain about California. California's mm. huge. There's people everywhere. And Texas is also huge. I mean, the thing is, we should also have an Austin team. We should also have a San Antonio team. We not at also, the expense of Columbus. Yeah, but not. No, yeah, not at expense right. one of the first uh, Right, it's the same even now. with like. Cincinnati looks like it will get an MLS uh, thing, but but Columbus, the two of them are, are still far enough apart. They're not really drawing on each other. Yeah, you could still have another one in Cleveland, and still you have enough space between them. Um, we have a very big com- country with lots of cities. It, it feels it feels like the Seattle SuperSonics move. Hmm. To OKC. And why did that happen? I I, I don't know basketball at all. So and yeah, just money. Right? Mm-hmm. Exactly right. You know, you don't get. You don't you don't get the tax relief. You don't get the you don't get the aid, and, and you're not gonna you know you're not gonna get any of that stuff. And I, I mean it's it's really sad that it, it's it's coming to it looks like that it, in my head that way because it's just I mean I I remember the very first inaugural season and having to root for. Columbus because it was the closest thing that we'd yeah. had uh, to to Minnesota and but like I still remember like the crew and 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 and, and that inaugural season the three how, guys in their hard hats that's right yeah, yeah. that's a great crest <laughs> that was good and how that was in like you know and then specifically when they're in the you know when they're at this stage in competition for an MLS Cup and yeah I don't I don't understand how how one decides to make yeah. that profession or. Or decides to not cash in uh, on the visibility that they're getting now. Um, money, the root of all evil. But even even if, if someone finds a way to to turn this around, I mean, Precord is it that he's got to sell to someone? Like, there's no way. Even if it stays in Columbus, there's no way he can stay there. I mean, he's just oh yeah, he's, he's toxic. Um, target on his bag. So. Uh, Oh, actually, okay, I forgot. I, I missed half of Tom's email here. Um, I mean, he basically says uh, a lot of bad PR, things like that. Uh, and then says Austin could be a dumpster fire. Um, and and he's, he goes back to the idea of the kind of bad NFL stuff. And I, I can't speak to literally, I know nothing about the NFL. Um, but I, I do think Austin is a place that... It, could be successful. Um, I think Austin is a great town. It's got no other professional uh, sports. Um, college town. Yeah, college town. Um, where would the games be played? I guess is there a stadium where they? Well, they don't have. They don't have a site, and the mayor. Now they are talking to the mayor, but at first the mayor was like, "Oh yeah, but you can do that, but we're not going to give you any money. So have fun." I. It's. It is a. You know, we've we've talked about it a couple of weeks ago, but it just just so bizarre it makes no sense to me. And so I'm I'm with you, Tom. I'm with you. I, I, no one has been able to to explain it yeah. to anyone else. Yeah. It's all maybe they're deflecting to <sighs> to have to to get a counter offer from Columbus. But they don't seem to be negotiating with Columbus in good faith. No, I mean, I mean well, of course, never. I don't think they would ever negotiate yeah. in good faith. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. I think that's that's what they're trying to do. I mean, it's not like. It's not like the United got, you know, the controversy with all their other the, the, their fundraising and everything else. I mean, with you know, it wasn't it wasn't pretty, uh, and I don't I don't I don't know how 
how amical any of the situation is going to be now from the foregoing, you know, because yeah. it's just it's just crazy to see now that Austin might might become a, uh, an option that plays out and no one's willing to listen to no one no one no one cares about the history oh yeah it's so the, tragic for the fans the, the for fans the one well, in, the in minnesota generation minnesota we we know i like i have a very big affinity for columbus yeah through this hashtag save I, the crew i know and and i've i've seen we've seen a team that is almost just gonna disappear and then have success during that period you are currently eric you are wearing the the just <laughs> Beautiful uh, sweatshirt that Valeo, is the tw- 2011 NASL NSC Minnesota Stars Championship. It's uh, my birthday weekend. I'll never forget it. Yeah. Well, there we go. <laughs> How old did you turn that weekend? I've been 31. But for the I thought you stopped one. celebrating after 21, but I thought that's what you were telling me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Some, yeah, sometimes. So this, this is a special one. <laughs> we'll move on from the crew, but yes, we all agree it's stupid. Uh, other bad is um, this is a Danish women's soccer story. Um, the Danish women's soccer team went on strike. Uh, they were upset about uh, unequal salary, uh, uh, salary and they um, did not play a World Cup qualifying match against Sweden in October. They had full support of the men's team. In fact, the men actually gave them some of their salaries. I think yeah, how it went down, which is and the cool well, so that's actually I think. Norway, I thought it was. Was it Denmark? Okay, it was Denmark too. I but the um, uh, so yes, you're right. Um, so there's another Norway story. Um, UEFA gave them a suspended four match ban, right? <laughs> so basically, it was if you they're on probation, right? If you have a, a firearm or uh, get involved with the law at any point, you will then have a four match ban. So do not strike in the next four years, or you will have a four match ban, uh, or um. I think it'll be you'll be beyond that. Actually, it'll be um, you won't be allowed to participate in a UEFA tournament at yeah, all during that period. It's, it's so, so, so do they do they forfeit those four games? Then is that how it comes they, against them? I don't know what it would be. Um, I the yeah, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. It's just asinine. It's it's that would that, that would be interesting to see if is, is it the, if they forfeit four games that would qualify them to. No, I think it's I think. So I think what it is actually is, I, I probably actually misstated this. If in the next four years they strike, then for, a, for four years, I don't think it's a four-match ban. I think I wrote that note wrong. No, you're right. It's like a four-year You will not be allowed to be UEFA. in any of these tournaments for four years. I think that, that is that Isn't that bananas? Ludicrous. Yeah. That is ludicrous. <laughs> yeah. Dumbest yeah. I mean, how many times can... Fans have violence, or uh, you know, teams have violence, have gay slurs, like all the stuff. But like, whoa, whoa, strike for unequal pay. Yeah, can't I mean, play for four, four years. Year ban. Tells, tells you about tells you about the priorities of yep. international soccer. Um, but in in also in October, Norway announced that its men's national team players are losing sixty nine thousand dollars a year, and that way the men's and women's team will have equal pay. Denmark did end up doing something but i didn't get that part of the story in, in my notes so i'm i don't want to go for my stupid memory um so uh well, do we applaud that then or do we not yeah it was in my notes so that i know that's right 
Uh, anytime it's not in my notes, it's probably wrong. <laughs> or half half right or something. Um, so, uh, um, weird story is Caleb Porter, Portland Timbers, uh, um, uh, puffy vest wearing uh, a head coach, um, probably one of the most overrated head coaches in MLS, uh, left the Portland Timbers very suddenly. And um, at first everyone was like, oh, well, there was the rumor that he was taking the FC Cincinnati job. And they were going to MLS in 2019, so he'd... Then now people say that's not true, uh, but he's now just taking time off. I, I don't know. Hmm. It's very, very, very weird story. Um, but Portland Timbers is a very big job. Um, they spend way more than their market size would indicate, right? They're yep. one of the top five spenders in, in the league. They've got the fan base, right? I mean, they they have prominence. Um, there's a lot of they could bring in a lot of good coaches, um, uh, you know. And there's a lot of good coaches available. There's Alessandro Nesta is leaving Miami, saw that, and uh, you know he's someone who people have heard of him. Uh, there's yeah, there's lots of people around. Then there's the the usual suspects and the the NASL guys like Mark DeSantos and. Giovanni uh, Severisi, mm. who will not get the job, but people will bring up their names. And so, Portland Timbers in weird times, uh, but that's at least like some fun, good bubbling up MLS drama. Interesting. Um, then, uh, did I hit my all my weird notes? Uh, oh yeah, this is this is the losers World Cup. Yeah, we already went through that. that. So um, now it's actual World Cup time. Now, Rodrigo. It's time for you to shine. <laughs> Peru played played New Zealand, the dirty, the dirty Kiwis. <laughs> Although the tea on the pitch, they're the dirty ones. Off the pitch, the Peruvians are the dirty bastards. So, uh, so yeah, tell me, tell so me. So says whatever that article was. Yeah. Uh, so um, I had a friend, uh, um, Jesse Urbina, who actually happened to. To be going to New Zealand for the first leg of the game, on a like it was it was not scheduled for that to happen, but like, he just happened to be there, so he was sending me pictures and updates of um, of what was going on in the stadium. And um, and he is he Peruvian? No, he's okay. he's of Mexican descent. He's, he's Mexican all the way. And but, um, uh, this he was, weekend he was Peruvian. Well, he was <laughs> yeah. For once, I I got him to commit to be able to to cheer for Peru and not the all whites. Um, I thought um, the first leg of the game was uh a tactical thing that we've kind of seen from 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 Gareca is just to go to an op- opposing opposing uh opposing stadium and just play tactically as much as you can uh they didn't try to open up anything wide uh they didn't want to give the uh New Zealand a, a counterattack which they had in a couple with when they is it is it cook that they inserted is that their 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 big forward Chris their, Wood Chris Wood, sorry. Yeah. There you go. Wood. It was Wood, yes. The big forward. Um I mean they were it was it was interesting. It was it was uh, um it was frustrating at times. I think um I think how close it was, but um at least in our household our idea was let's not let's not lose in New Zealand and yeah. um have to put extra pressure. And we didn't. So like the second leg uh in Peru, um it was just um, I don't know. It was 
all uh, it, it, all the buzz in Peru from everybody. It was electric. Seeing the people on the streets, <laughs> uh, my mom. Um, who's not a social media person was posting everything that was social media related <laughs> um, from all the from you know from all the from all the chants from the Barra Banquiroja that they were going to be doing that um, as well as to playing old uh, um, vals uh, and criollo music uh, the the we, famous we had Peru a whole com- segment for you on Latino Alt Rock hey <laughs> and I will listen to that tomorrow <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> But um, the whole Peru campeon uh, uh, vals um, that was that this you know who was epic from the seventies. So the Teoflo Cubillas and um, uh, team that they made to the World Cup, and um, it was just and, uh, from what we have gathered, I was extremely nervous because it was, you know, I've I've been we've been close and we've been disappointed so many times, and we always had an idea of. Choking um, um, when it comes to these kind of situations. So I was extremely hopeful, but at the same time, I was ready for 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 not to be it. And I happened to be in class at the moment of the of um, the first half. So I told my teacher at Hamlin that I was like, if there's a if there's a reason I decided to go outside, or listen, I'm checking my phone. This is this, this yeah. is why. Yeah. Uh, this is why. This is why. And, do, you, uh, do you get a doctor's note for that? Pretty much. <laughs> you know, it was interesting. I, I am a doctor. I couldn't. This is literally. This the is one literally. Time I this is literally a, a stressful situation. Yeah. So, uh, so like halfway through when the game started, they were asking me, uh, classmates as well as my 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 teacher were asking me. Uh, Professor was asking me what the score was, you know, because everybody was invested into be able to see what what was going on. So that was good to see, and that's when I I received the um, the news of of Farfan uh, scoring that that first goal, and I, and I think um, that in in itself was um, a a really beautiful experience to have not only my children see. Uh, from the social media commentary that I that, that I that yeah, I saw in the videos, that, up. that was fun. But also have um, see just my timeline on Twitter, just uh, being overflow with play by play commentary and play by play aspect of it. One extremely interesting thing that I found really funny and um, was that um, in Peru and other parts of. Um, of South America, close to where they have the the default, um, they have these 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 like tremor earthquake apps. So like whenever there's a big shift in movement, you know, like these apps will go off and send notifications. So after the first goal, <laughs> they, notifications they, were off that nice. there were tremors going on in Peru, and then the the Chilean. Um, the the Chilean where they where where they do the seismology, uh, sending it out a, a tweet saying that no, it was not an earthquake, but it was actually in a sense the the mass movement of all the Peruvian people watching the game who were celebrating that first goal, Amazing. and and it was it was in and to put it into perspective, that's what it was like, um, uh, and it was a a really beautiful thing to see because Peru has missed out in thirty six years of World Cup play, but also. There's a lot of um, political issues, economic issues, social political issues that have been plaguing Peru for for quite a while now. So, and to have and the one thing that always you unites everybody is is always been um, the the national team. Um, and 
as I was talking to the owner of Mitirra Linda, he was saying how like, you know, um, they were saying that it was not not only the 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 older generation and the people who were, but also families with young kids who were going to these games, who were going to these places, and it was the effect how that was having on um, on on that, and then how this has affected how. Um, how Peru is, is 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 planning for the future. Like for example, they're planning to, and it's in the it's in the mix, but they're planning to have every Peruvian league team that plays in the main league that they have to have an academy team hmm. that starts recruiting early. And if they don't, then pretty much what they're foreseeing might be relegation to the lower league. And this is a new rule? They're, they're the, this is something that's in, in the progress yeah. of, 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 of it, but it's something they want to. And it all comes from, um, you know, uh, from from the coaching staff. Uh, if you look at uh, Ricardo Gareca and Roberto Solano, and Roberto Solano happens to be one of my favorite players growing up. Um, he played for Newcastle. The main reason mm-hmm. I cheered for Newcastle because he had a simple Newcastle. He played for Boca Juniors. When Maradona was the... Um, the the technical he was the uh, he was the coach and so having them two work together and start by stating that they believe in the Peruvian player and that they believe that they need to be able to create a system that will make it fruitful for them so they got rid of all the pizarros they got rid of all the egos and they started building up with um, from the ground up for the youth and he turned this whole thing around in a pretty short time right yeah like and so. So yeah, pretty much a year and a half, which is phenomenal. Which is which is what everybody in Peru was like. No, we're not. We're not. We're not doing this for 2018. We're doing this mm. for the next World Cup. And so to have this happen uh, now, just um, I'm pretty sure that if he were ran for president at this point, <laughs> yeah, they would. It would be a landslide as it is. And of course, he might um, actually do. Better job, much too. better job. I think so. You know, and then and and then the weird thing and and how things go really strangely uh, in this world is uh, and in the world of the of the, of the Comebol is that um, Gareca was the one who scored the goal that stopped Peru from qualifying for the World Cup. I think was it in eighty four. Hmm. 84 he was playing for well, Argentina the head coach the head coach the head yes. coach is the one oh. so he's he's been he's been on the side where he's negated Peru into it and now he's on the other aspect in which he's given them the opportunity that's to atoning for some sins yeah, yeah so it's yeah. it's a whole like so like as soon as as soon as the game was over the the I'm being and other Spanish uh, and other Peruvian televisions they were just replaying like all these speeches and then replaying it with with yeah. you know like what his experience has been playing videos from that one game and how it is now. So like it, it comes into a full circle of how, how things are going. Uh, of course in my household, um, uh, when I, it, it was just nuts. Uh, yeah. my son again was, got scared because everybody was yelling <laughs> at everything. So he had to go, he moved yeah. upstairs. My dad and I were in separate rooms. Um, I, I, I literally stood for, for a full half a game. Uh, um, you know, I was I was yelling. I was I was anxious. I think the second goal um, was um, the was was wonderful that come from a young player and a young defender. Um, and from so who, who scored it? Christian. Um, uh, name escaping me at the moment. 
but um, he he's 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 one of the one of the the defenders who's who's been playing a lot lately, and it's a new defender. Um, but I thought it was really interesting to have him score, but also I was really glad to finally see Cueva play a game in which he did a lot of more of the passing that 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 pass back to uh, Farfan for that one time mm-hmm. that was that was that was beautiful and he was the the one crossing in the ball for the corner so i mean as much as as, as much as i i hate to I hate to admit that cueva is is the motor of this team at the moment specifically without um paulo guerrero who is in itself with another controversy hopefully that he can get out of or or not um will determine his um his his place in this team because he's known as the leader and I think when Farfan scored that goal, Farfan and him have been playing through the through the system, all mm-hmm. brought up to the system. So they've they've been they've been they've been friends. He dedicated that goal to Paulo Guerrero, um, brought out brought out his um, jersey, laid on it, kissed it, hmm. all the all the and that you know just for that because everybody believes in you know and it's true he deserves Paulo Guerrero deserves to be playing in a World Cup because he's. Uh, He's become that um, a go-to go-to player now. Hopefully, they they resolve his litigation. What is the litigation? I'm not sure. He he he, he tested positive for oh. uh, performing enhancement drugs. People okay. are trying to figure out. You know, I don't know if they're going with the Vikings T route or the with that Michael Floyd, uh, I believe, yeah. suspended. So I don't know. There's they're in the litigation. Hopefully, we'll be able to figure something out because I think uh, a Peru without Paulo Guerrero would be a yeah. would still be a good team. But I think it, with Paulo Guerrero, it gives you that physical forward that that has that experience to play to play well. And um, it it was one of those moments that as soon as the 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 whistle blew and we knew it, um, I literally I ran upstairs and I. I don't, I don't, I've never shooken my father ever in my life. <laughs> he's, he's radiating, listening. So like I ran up there and I just shook him and I said, you know, vamos al mundial. And he's like, yeah, we're vamos al mundial. And I was like, and I was like, and then he was like, yeah, you were four years old last time this happened. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you don't remember anything. It's I was been, so happy for you, man. Yeah. I mean, was, I was living was, vicariously. I mean, yeah, and it, it was it was really a, like an aspect of it was, it was still like a dream. I'm still trying to. Yeah. Get my thoughts around that we're actually going to be playing in, in a World Cup and, and and talking to other Peruvians, but also talking to a lot of different other people who are like who are um, really interested in really seeing what Peru might be able to do in a World Cup. I'm just I'm just happy that a whole new generation yeah. get to see get to see that and and revitalize the the faith in 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 the Peruvian player and in the Peruvian style of play, which I think has um, Gareca has really given it um, a whole new different look that no longer is about, um, you know, the player and the egos, but it's more about the humility and and the aspect of team play and, you know, the next person up kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and I think Farfan played two really great legs of a game and I think um, hopefully that leads him to not playing in Moscow anymore and, yeah. and, and playing somewhere else where where his talents will be will be like used Minnesota. much better. <laughs> that would be that that would be a, a dream come to I mean we've seen what a Jordi Reina can do for 
in the MLS. Um, How old is he? Thirty something. He's thirty two. Thirty two. Thirty three. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, he, he could have two more two more good years. I mean, right? I mean, and so, and, and, and he plays and he plays in midfield this summer, so. so they could probably get him. Um, well, let's c- c- congratulations. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll just summarize uh, the only the other things. Italy not making it. I did not bring an Italian on the show to to pine <laughs> about this. Um, crazier than the U.S. not making it is Italy not making it. Yeah. I mean, to, that's that's an obvious thing to say. Huge. Um, uh, Sweden making it are very very funny because uh, it's now you get the question of will Zlatan come back. <laughs> um, uh, I am. I have got like um, thirteen uh, nationalities in my heritage, and so I just. Whenever the World Cup comes, I just like decide which which ones I can pick and choose. Which uh, one is it this time? Well, I mean, there's always there's like France and England and Germany, so I I don't don't ever root for the big ones, but uh, so I'm going with with Denmark. Uh, ah, Doc. So because uh, the Norwegians aren't in the Czech Czech did not make it right. No. Czech did not make it, so. and uh, so anyway, and then there's and then the Dutch as well. So I I got to go with Denmark. So Denmark. Are in. They're my team. They're also red. Your mom is is gonna bring me a uh, a Peru jersey because the, Iceland is like the hipsters' favorite. Everyone is saying right, <laughs> but Peru is like the, the, the Peru's. You know, all you people who are like, oh, should I cheer for Iceland? No, just go, go Peru. I'll uh, say as as elated as he is right now with our luck. We'll probably get a Peru, Brazil, Mexico group all thrown together. Yeah, yeah. And, you, you, and the groups were released in which they're <laughs> going to be taking it from. And that's, you know, that that's going to be a tough group wherever, whoever gets picked out of. There's a Spain, there's, you know, yeah. um, you know, it, the, it's just going to be a group, really interesting. The draw will happen in December, which is mm. always really exciting. I mean, every, every time just ha- having that pulled out, but. Um, let's, uh, we've got in Honduras also, we're terrible against Australia. So good for Australia. I know, I know as many Hondurans as Australians. So I was like, I tried to stay neutral, but good. Now that I can say good for Australia. Um, uh, let's, uh, let's take a, a break, a final break. Cause we got a little bit of Minnesota United stuff and, um, it's MLS playoffs. We'll talk about those a bit and some Twitter questions. Welcome back to Fifty Five One Podcast. Uh, let's talk uh, MLS. Cinco. Yeah, and, and Minnesota United. Um, let's just talk first about MLS. All I want to say is we're recording on a Monday. Tuesday is the first leg of the what are we at semifinals? I believe. Yep. Um, Columbus play Toronto at seven PM. I know there's some people uh, who are going to Town Hall Brewery to watch that, watch those games there, and then Houston and Seattle play afterwards. I don't care about Houston. Although I do value, I think Cabrera is a very good uh, tactical coach. I um, dislike Seattle for um, just basic reasons. Uh, I want Columbus to win, and Toronto are the best team. So I, I t- Toronto and Columbus, that match is interesting to me. The other match I could care less about. I kind of I hate Texas team. It's really tough. I I now need Toronto or Columbus to win to win the overall. You either but. root for. Uh... 
not a Texas team winning, or you root for Clem Dempsey to win? Which one is it? I I, I can care less for either of them. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I've, I've, the, yeah. the more you know, there's a there's a point where um I had um I still have um, um I just don't like Landon Donovan. Never have. Yeah. Never will. I'm beginning to get that kind that of way with, with Clint Dempsey. Oh, so. Yeah. I mean, man, if there's any spark of some kind of a, a sport revolution, we got to go for Columbus just to yeah. see what yeah. would happen. No, I mean, Columbus. I, I mean, literally, I swear to God, this is what I would I would be spending if I were Columbus fans. The second you won the trophy, I would find a way to just raid the pitch and steal the trophy and refuse to give it back. <laughs> just hold the thing hostage. Yeah. Like... And I'm I'm totally not joking. If this happened to Minnesota, I would figure out a way that we would hold the, the hold the damn trophy hostage. Like don't don't mess around. Just anyway. Yeah. So that's happening. Minnesota United. There's no news. They were supposed to announce who they were cutting and everything this week. That didn't happen. Actually, it might have been last week. They were going to announce. No, it was this week. They were going to announce. I think they're maybe going to do it next week. Uh, a lot of teams have not announced yet. Um, yeah. The, the only real news, and I put this up on 55.1, is uh, there's a, a Colombian uh, journalist who took a picture of Mark Watson and Manny Lagos. Mark Watson's the assistant coach. Manny's obviously the sporting director. They're, they were at uh, Tolima and... Um, what is it? Um, like shoot. You, like you did? Yeah. Oh, 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 I have it written down. Ha, like you did. Sorry. You. <laughs> Thank you for reading the notes. Um... The fifth and sixth place team in Colombia, they were at a match uh, watching them. So, uh, you know, they are basically, um, weirdly, I ran into Ian Fuller on my way to L.A. We were in the line together at security, and he was on his way to go watch uh, NCAA uh, tournament. So he's he's scouting for, basically, we've got the fifth Super Draft pick. He's, you know, not just scouting for that. but So he's off doing that. Um, Adrian is not in Colombia, but he's going to be doing some other scouting. Basically, from last week, two weeks ago, until end of January, people are like, our technical staff are going to be in South America. Uh, you know, we've already had trips to Europe and like Belgium and stuff, mm -hmm. uh, to Ghana. Um, they're going all over the place. Moving so chicken. the fact that we saw this one game by chance, someone took a picture of them, doesn't tell us much. Uh, that did not stop me from uh, immediately pulling up Football Manager uh, Genie Scout and trying to see which which players. And uh, there weren't, you know, neither of those teams have stars, but they may have guys who um, can be brought in for pretty cheap because fifth. Uh, place team in Colombia, guys not getting paid that well and probably not that regularly. So <laughs> I think you can probably <laughs> bring him. Be he's sure. not could wrong. Be <laughs> he's <laughs> not wrong in either of those. You yes, can probably yes. bring him to uh, the U.S. for uh -huh. to MLS for uh, a, a pretty low salary. Guy, so, I get the whole Goyai squad for like yeah, exactly ten yeah. bucks at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but if they're getting relegated to Serie C, uh, then you may not want them. Just but, dagger out of here. So I wrote I wrote about four players who may be on the target. I mean, I was basically just pulling up. Who, who looks like they would be available for cheap in terms of they didn't just sign uh, six months ago. 
and who's good. Um, there were more, a couple more players, but there aren't, there aren't a couple that many players that stand out. But and I know that I'm still going to be sending uh, at least the Twitter. Um, my my Twitter announcement of what Peruvian players are doing good. in the world, and hopefully write, write down the list. Uh, I'm I'm actually speaking to a class at the U of M, and I think Amos McGee is also speaking at it. So um, <laughs> nice. I'll see him. I'll slip him the list, and then we'll we'll take our. I mean, for for 100%. a quick second, maybe Farfan to the to to United would, was was not trending on Twitter for, yeah. for everybody, but it would be a welcome well, welcome addition. I mean, any any anybody from that national team would be a welcome addition for that five. Either whether whether it was Aquino to. Gallese to Farfan, who's in aging, and you know, the beginning of the MLS was a lot of us referred to the VLS, you know, the Viejos League soccer. Mm-hmm. Who's their number ten? Tell Schieffer Decker. Um, well, <laughs> get him excited. Yeah. <laughs> Currently, their number ten was actually Farfan was playing number ten this last game. So. Was he? Yeah. So, so he and he plays for uh, a Moscow club and contract expiring. Yeah, we'll pull him in. Um, Hopefully. So the the only thing to to say about this is that um, you know I I have uh, um, I haven't talked about it much on the podcast, but the complete darkness, which is the annual book that we didn't do last year, but the two did the two years before, we're bringing it back for this year. And the main article, like the feature that that will start once we start selling this next month, uh, the the feature article is talking about the scouting and talking to Amos McGee. Um, and and you know one of the things that I th- I'll, I'll talk in depth in the article about, but one of the things about it is that a lot of these scouting trips, they're just going to like maybe they'll see people, but they're not. Um, it's not like we need to go and we need to get someone here, right? They're they're building these networks. They're going to places and watching some people, and they're not going to you know they will likely not sign anyone from either of these two teams, right? right? They're watching lots of games, trying to meet people and meeting not just agents and uh, players, but also um, in-market scouts and things like that. Um, so those are those are actually, as at times, more important than they went to a game, which players were they watching, et cetera. Um, so Twitter followers, if you see any news of any... Uh, Minnesota United scouting out there from anybody in any languages, please please let the podcast at 55 yeah. well, know. And if the player's name is Vadim, we know it's done. Oh. <laughs> done, done deal. <laughs> oof, oof. Um, so we, uh, that's that. I, I think um, uh, the, we'll just finish on these two questions. Sean Goman asks, uh, with LAFC in Miami, followed likely by um, Sacramento Republic, Nashville, that means Minnesota United stays in the West. If the crew moved Austin, the Loons head East. Considering the next round of expansion, how does this impact the club as it bounces through alignment with musical chairs? Hmm. We still be better than DC. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> once you get to twenty-eight teams and stuff, you got to start like two fourteen-team divisions. Uh, I don't know if it makes sense at some point to just do. And East, Central, and West. Mm-hmm. Oh, three. Um, oh, that'd be interesting. And then, you know, and you, yeah. So, I would, I would like to see that because I would like to see Chicago in the Central. I would yeah. like to play Chicago. I would like to play um, Kansas City. You know, if you've got Columbus, know, Columbus, mm-hmm. will hopefully, be with us. And 
I, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Um, then the top being, two being separated, you know, either we're with Kansas City or either we're with Chicago and finding a way to kind of bring people together. And I know people have like mocked these things up, but to flip back and forth as Kansas City have done is bad. You know, you want to be able to develop those long term uh, rivalries. You want Kansas City in For the sure. same division as Houston because they like to fight, you know. Um, Kansas City and Chicago Fire now are no longer in the same division, which is unfortunate for them because they've got a good rivalry. So mm -hmm. it affects them badly, Sean. Temple of the Loon says, all eyes on Manny's trip today, and that's the Columbia thing, but is there any movement on possible trades of current Loon players or any possible MLS-experienced players being brought in? Um, the answer to that is, you know, honestly, I stopped following those things closely um, for my own sanity, stopped doing the thing where I would text 10 people and try to figure out what was going on. Um, there, there's there's movement, uh, but it's still pretty early. All these teams are waiving players, and so you kind of wait until that settles. Um, I, I think it's likely that after the expansion draft, you'll see more things happen. So between December 15th or whatever um, and January well, the super draft is January seventeenth or eighteenth. That's when stuff. That's when trade stuff will happen. You know, Miguel is likely gonna be shopped around. Players like him, um, and I wrote this in the article today. But basically, the the team looks at their squad and they say we've got fourteen to fifteen guys who we feel like we have a base at. And um, and the way you know the way it was expressed to me was um, uh, uh we feel like we are at where we wanted to be when our team kicked off in March, right? Like they wanted to be at this stage in March. They obviously weren't. They played catch up and they feel, they know they, they did made decisions too quickly. Mm -hmm. um, to read more, you should buy the complete darkness 2017. But um, so right now they've got 14 to 15 people. We have 28 people on the roster, right? So that means not all of them are going to go, right? Some guys, Vadim will probably just stick around forever. <laughs> I, should, I should really invite the guy on the podcast. That'd be you amazing. Be, while you're here, you might as well just be. Oh, my uh, God. Um, so. Uh, that needs a live studio know, audience, I yeah. think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Just ply him with alcohol. I, I, I think a Latina will rock. Oh, we yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah. take him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what the Norwegian knows about Latino alt rock. Um, so that's the end of the story. Uh, my name is Wes. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at mnnicefc. Uh, Rodrigo, where you have you're like uh, locked now. So, but I guess people can request to. Oh yes, yeah, people can request to me. RSC spoken word um, on Twitter. I think I locked it during. Um, you had lots so, of stalkers. Yeah. No, I don't think it's just that. I just have just weird people <laughs> being able to, to follow me. But um but yeah, no, but um um I just wanted to add something yeah. that I wanted to do. Um if anyone gets a chance, um there's a really interesting uh Peru um Peru al Mundial story on Twitter. Um David Borga. So David B U R G A. So David David E. Burga on Twitter has a really wonderful story about his father at the '93 World Cup. Uh, that that is that is a good feel story that we're always looking yeah. for. So um, you get a chance to do that. 
That'd be great. Um, I'll, I'll put that. I'll I'll put the embed it in the uh, in the post so that people can go see it. Yeah, that, that was good. a great story, but we didn't get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric, where where can we find you? Uh, at Silva Culture, and thank you both once again for yeah. Fridays. Fridays at four p.m. on KFAI. That's right, Latino Rock, and we've got our regular. Uh, spiky jacket, no blazer football segment with uh, Mr. Ben Jimmick of the Mill City Ultras and everything else that he does. And we all, you know, we we've we already talked football and soccer. We just actually made it a legitimate right, piece to like, section. yeah, to carve out fifteen, sometimes twenty minutes, depending how does, does, much. It, it doesn't take much for you know. We got a, a Mexican, well, a you got a Mexican, you got Uruguayan, you got Brazilian, you got a Panamanian. So. I mean. They're all this, going to the World Cup. That's right. We're we're already like combustible. We just need a little match, and we're we're off and gone. Yeah. Um, so the the uh, English, doesn't take long. English punk rocker walks in. And that's right. Lights it on fire. Kaboom! And I wanted to say thanks to all the listeners as well. There's it, it's been fun to see this little Venn diagram kind of develop between fifty five one and, and Latino alt rock yeah. and kind of the little symbiotic relationship we have going. So I appreciate everybody that uh, is listening to both. Thank you. Yeah, please please go listen to that. Follow them on Twitter. Um, thank you, everyone. Uh, uh, during the off-season, I'm going to do this podcast whenever the hell I want. Uh, so I don't know when it's going to be back. Next week or the week after. We'll see. But thank you, everyone. I'll talk to you all soon. Thank you, guys.